The FBI has concluded its investigation into allegations against Brett Kavanaugh. The White House finds no corroborating evidence for the charges. Senators Flake and Collins say the investigation was thorough. Cocaine Mitch sets the cloture vote for Friday, and we could all have a confirmed Associate Justice Kavanaugh by Saturday, which leaves me with one very serious message for Senate Democrats. Ha ha ha! Ha 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 ha! You lost! Ha 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 ha! Nice try, you shameless jackals! We will examine the left's witch trial of Judge Kavanaugh as it passes into the rearview mirror. Then, a male feminist roundhouse kicks a pro life woman, presumably because of how much he supports women. Finally, the mailbag and a psalm of life on National Poetry Day. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. Get your tumblers ready, folks. Get them ready. Mm. Here we go. So it's all falling apart. The FBI investigation is done. Time magazine is running a cover story. Uh, this uh, It just came out yesterday, I believe. How Christine Blasey Ford's testimony changed America, which coincidentally is going to be the title of my new book. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful sequel, very similar content to my first book. Didn't change nothing, baby. I mean, it uh, humiliated Democrats who really thought they had something. They stooped even lower than they usually do. And now it looks like it's all turning out for the best. Of course, anything could still happen in the next few days. But right now, things are going pretty well. Why do I think that? Let's turn to uh, Senate Democrat Chris Coons to explain the situation. Do you believe this Brett Kavanaugh will be confined? I know what you hope. You hope he doesn't. But do you believe he will? I think this will be a very close vote. It hangs by a few undecided Democrats and Republicans. I okay. haven't read this report yet. Um, if I were to just guess today, he will be narrowly confirmed. Oh, oh, did you hear that at the end? If I had to guess today, he will be narrowly confirmed. Ha 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 ha. Uh, before we go on, before we analyze this a little further and have a little recap of all this shameful witch trial, come on into my boudoir, baby. Let's talk about Bolin Brand sheets. You know, I just got a new bed. You need some nice sheets on that bed. I love Bolin Brand sheets. Uh, they are so good. Uh, everything that Bolin Branch makes from the bedding to the blankets is made from 100% pure organic cotton. That means that they start out super soft. They get even softer over time. Luxury sheets can cost up to $1,000, even more. I didn't know this, obviously. When I was a derelict single man, I would sleep on, I don't know, tissue paper, sandpaper, whatever I could find. Uh, but really nice sheets are worth it. They feel really good. Always, look, you spend a lot of your life on your bed. People, Most people spend a third of their life. I spend about uh, closer to three-thirds of my life on my bed. Uh, you want to make sure that you have really high-quality stuff there. Everyone who tries Bowling Branch loves them. That's why they have thousands of five-star reviews. Forbes, Wall Street Journal, Fast Company all talk about Bowling Branch. Three U.S. presidents sleep on Bowling Branch sheets. Try to guess which ones. Shipping is free. You try it for 30 nights. If you don't love them, send it back for a refund. You will love them, though. Uh, right now, my listeners get $50 off your first set of sheets. Invite me into your boudoir. Get $50 off. BowlingBranch.com, promo code Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Go to BowlingBranch.com today. $50 off your first set of sheets. B-O-L-L and Branch.com, promo code Michael. Sorry, Mr. Coons, he's going to be weeping into his sheets pretty soon. It's so, so sad for them, isn't it? The FBI has completed that supplemental investigation. Now, did they need to do the investigation? No, Judge Kavanaugh had already had six FBI investigations. Uh, but after those hearings, you know, there were these new allegations that came out from Christine Ford and that crazy person from Avenatti and all these other people. And uh, so the White House, or the FBI did this separate investigation. The White House confirmed late last night 
Uh, it was reported in the Wall Street Journal that they found no corroborating evidence whatsoever, sent it over to the Senate. Chuck Grassley said there was no corroborating evidence whatsoever. Uh, Mitch McConnell yesterday, cocaine Mitch, set the vote for cloture. Uh, crucially now, we've got Jeff Flake, that little quizzling. Jeff Flake is saying there's no corroboration, so it seems like he's going to vote for Kavanaugh. Uh, Susan Collins, same thing, said the investigation seems very thorough. So looks like we can hope that uh, uh, she'll vote for Kavanaugh, uh, which means that it looks like Mr. Kavanaugh is going to the Supreme Court of the United States. For reaction, we turn to the entire Senate Democratic Caucus. What a great honor to be able to introduce for the first time ever anywhere the 40... Mm, that's about what I expected, but it's still very enjoyable to uh, to see that again. One second. Mm, very, very good. Uh, they're still furious, though. The Democrats and the Senate are still furious, and the Democrat partisans around the country are still furious. Now, serious Democrats, and I've talked to a number of them, did not put a lot of stock into these allegations for many reasons, which we'll get to a little later. I mean, we've we've gone over all of the reasons not to, and now we have no corroboration whatsoever of any of them, even by the people who were named in the allegations. So I think serious Democrats didn't actually take the allegations seriously, but they used them as a political tool. It's a little dirty, it's a little nasty, but understandable. What really worries me are the Democrats who took them seriously in the first place, who were so gullible or so willfully ignorant that they would go along with what were obvious lies or misrepresentations and untruths and stories that have more holes in them than Swiss cheese. Uh, that's, that's a little sad. And so those people are now calling for all the same stuff. They want another, a longer FBI investigation, a more thorough FBI investigation, because now they say, the supplemental FBI investigation didn't investigate Ford and Kavanaugh. Okay, so this is their new line. It didn't investigate Ford and Kavanaugh. To begin, what is an FBI investigation? I think people, you know, people throw that, that phrase around. I don't think they know what it means. It's when the FBI comes and interviews you and gets statements from you. And then they say, okay, what did this happen? Did this happen? Did this happen? And then they just, the reports present those statements. The FBI investigations here don't reach conclusions, as Joe Biden famously said in 1991. So they didn't interview Ford and Kavanaugh. Why not? Well, because we've already heard from Ford and Kavanaugh under oath before the Senate Judiciary Committee for hours and hours and hours. Christine Ford testified for four hours before the Senate Judiciary Committee. How about Brett Kavanaugh? He testified for 32 hours. <laughs> we have a lot of testimony. Are the, so I think what the left is suggesting now is that the FBI would go up to them and say, so uh, Dr. Ford, um, did you mean it? Did you mean everything you said? Yes, I meant it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you sure though? Yes. What question are they going to ask her that wasn't asked during the hearing or that wasn't given in the opening statements. What are they going to ask Brett Kavanaugh that he didn't get asked or talk about in 32 hours of testimony? Is there anything, like, I think he went over everything. He went over his favorite drinks in college, you know, he went over the definition of boofing. There is nothing left to talk about. So uh, there's nothing new to get here. Now they've, they've tried to have, they've saved their last minute desperate Hail Mary. Here it is. They've got uh, Brett Kavanaugh's old sweet mate at Yale. I guess someone used to live with him or live near him at Yale. Uh, his name is Kenneth Appold. And I guess, uh, 
I guess life didn't treat Kenneth very well after his halcyon days in New Haven, so he decides he needs to get 15 minutes of fame trying to dunk on his former classmate. And uh, so he says, now you remember the Debbie Ramirez allegation? This is another one that came up like five seconds ago that no one had ever heard about for 30 years. Uh, So what she said is that Kavanaugh was at a party and he whipped it out one time and whipped out little Brett. And uh, there was no corroboration of this. People refuted it. Uh, There's no evidence that it happened. But now Kenneth Appold, the former sweetmate or classmate of Brett Kavanaugh, says that he is 100% certain that some guy told him about that. (laughs) Did you catch that last part? Because I know if you only heard the first part, you'd think, wow, okay, there's a witness. No, no, no. He wasn't there. He wasn't in the room where this alleged whipping out happened. He just is 100% certain that he heard about it as a rumor from some guy later on (laughs) who allegedly was in a room. But it gets better (laughs) because the New Yorker, you know, Ronan Farrow, who used to be a serious guy and now he's reporting these ridiculous rumors to try to torpedo a Supreme Court nominee, uh, a conservative Supreme Court nominee, crucially. Uh, He he reported this too. So the New Yorker reaches out to the guy that, that Appold allegedly heard the rumor from, because Appold couldn't get a hold of the guy, the New Yorker finally gets in touch with him, and the guy that Appold heard the rumor from denies ever having said it or remembering it. He said, I have no recollection of that whatsoever. So he refutes the guy's claim. But Appold is 100% certain that he heard a rumor 35 years ago from some guy who says it never happened. ha, 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 it's so good. I'm sorry. It's so, so good. So now the new one they want, the new, the new uh, uh, demand. So the, the FBI thing, so it didn't work out. Uh, and I got to tell you something. I've been really harsh on Jeff Flake this week. I'm still feeling pretty harsh on Jeff Flake because he's a little squish. And he got us into a very dangerous situation where crazy allegations could have come out of the woodwork to delay, delay even more. Fortunately, public opinion was against it. But the flake thing did work out, right? The flake extra week seems to have helped Republicans in the polls. We'll get to that in a little bit. I don't know that that lets him off the hook for for pulling such a reckless move, but all in all, it worked out, so I'm happy about that. So the FBI thing didn't work out. The ice fight at the New Haven bar, that one didn't work out. The New York Times scoop that he, you know, raised a beer keg over his head didn't work out. So now, now the Democrats have one last strategy that they're going to affect, which we'll get to in a second. But before we do that, I have got to thank our friends over at Dollar Shave Club. You know I love Dollar Shave Club. Look at my little baby face. Look how soft it is because I use my favorite razor that I've ever used, the uh, executive six-blade razor from Dollar Shave. No matter what you do in the bathroom to get ready, Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. I use it all the time. They've got the amber and lavender body wash. They've got the Big Cloud Good Shake hand cream. Boogie's Pacific Pomade is really good. Uh, I, lo- I mean, my- I do love this razor so much, the executive razor. Uh, shave butter can help too. They've got everything. And they've got those One Wipe Charlies. You know what those... I use them all the time to remove my makeup. Thank you very much. I use If I come back from a news hit or my show, I use it to remove my makeup. You're also supposed to use it on the other end of your body as a uh, sort of portable bidet, a disposable bidet. The One Wipe Charlie is indispensable. Right now, you can get ready with an amazing deal on any one of Dollar Shave Club starter sets. I recommend the Daily Essential starter set because of the uh, Amber Lavender Body Cleanser, but you can't go wrong with any of them. They're really, really good. DollarShaveClub.com slash Covfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. Pick your own DSC starter 
order set for just five bucks. This is an unbelievable deal for the quality of the stuff you get after your starter set products ship at regular price. This is so much better than using some rusty old blade that you don't change for six months. You don't have to go to the drugstore. You don't have to forget about that. Just have them ship it to you. It makes it a lot easier. Take advantage of our of the good aspects of our modern world. DollarShaveClub.com slash Covfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. DollarShaveClub.com slash Covfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E. You know, before I thought we'd have to grow out like a super long beard and wear a sackcloth if they torpedoed Kavanaugh. But now, oh, we're going to get spick and spam, going to shave, put on my Sunday best. Ooh, 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 going out to a nice dinner tonight. So DollarShaveClub.com slash Covfefe. Democrats have a new strategy now. They want... Brett Kavanaugh to take a polygraph test. Now, this is very funny because there are, for years and years, we've known that polygraph tests are unreliable. That's why we don't use them as a matter of ascertaining guilt or innocence. And for so long, the left has talked about false memories. There are, there are uh, one professor who has been interviewed a lot about this is Elizabeth Loftus, who talks about false memories all the time. Her take on these events has been a little, uh, leaning to the left, unfortunately, but a lot of her work and other people's work in this area talks about how you can have false memories that, but that you are dead certain of, you know, uh, we've known that, uh, uh, over time, not just over the course of 30 years, but even over the course of a short period of time, people's memories can change. And there are many ways to beat a polygraph test. Uh, there are many ways to be coached on a polygraph test. So this is their, this is their Hail Mary pass. They say, okay, well now, you know, okay, this is like the second Hail Mary, the Hail Mary of the Hail Mary. They say, well, now he's got to take a polygraph test. And here is brand new, brand spanking new cocaine Lindsey Graham comes out to answer this suggestion. You've humiliated this guy enough, and there seems to be no bottom for if some of you. If he would would all be uh, over, uh, Senator So Graham. why don't we dunk him in water and see if he floats? Why don't we just dunk him and see if he floats? Why don't we, it's like a perfect witch trial now. Let's bring back the Inquisition. That's what uh, Lindsey Graham answers. And it's a great way because just really quickly, let's sum up what we've got. Brett Kavanaugh is nominated a couple months ago. He's got unimpeachable character. He, nobody has questioned his record of integrity. He's been a federal judge for a dozen years. He was staff secretary to the president. He was uh, assistant uh, independent counsel under Ken Starr or deputy independent counsel, some title like that. Worked on the Starr investigation. Yale law graduate, Yale college graduate, just a very serious guy. Georgetown prep graduate, as we've heard ad nauseum. Uh, just a very serious guy, totally milk toast. If you, you know, that one wackadoodle, uh, uh, Avenatti's liar client came out and said she, she knows she remembers Kavanaugh at the party because he has a distinctive face. He doesn't have a distinctive face. He has the least distinctive face I've ever seen. He look, if you just said, pick the most milk toast federal judge you could imagine, I would imagine Brett Kavanaugh. So that was him. He gets nominated and everything goes fine. And they're all upset about abortion. They're all upset about Roe v. Wade. They're all upset that he's an originalist who believes the constitution means what it says. They're upset about uh, his threat to Chevron deference, to the administrative state, to out of control, big government. But remember, the hearings went along just fine. We didn't hear a peep about this nonsense until after the hearings were over. They knew he performed very well. 
all of a sudden, Senate Democrats decide at the 11th hour, they're going to spring some bogus, ridiculous accusations. So only after the hearings ended, they spring Christine Ford, who says 36 or 35 or 37 years ago, Brett Kavanaugh was in a room with four people or two people at a party with five people or six or seven people in some place she doesn't know where. She didn't know when it happened or why or how the party came about, how she got home, how she got there. But anyway, the long and story short of it is he either groped her or he tried to kill her. Or something like that. It kept changing. The story kept changing on and on. She said, I, I know this is true because I'm afraid of flying. I have a fear of small spaces. Uh, th- and I never fly because of this incident that allegedly happened to me from Brett Kavanaugh, except I fly all the time. I fly to the French Polynesia or to Hawaii or to here or to there. I take trips all the time. I fly in little propeller planes. Okay. But I, the way you know is that I'm, I'm so afraid of small spaces that I demanded we have a second door put on our home in 2012 when it came up in marriage therapy with my husband, except actually it happened in 2008 and I did it for my marriage counseling office and to rent it out to uh, college kids and to Google interns. Okay, well, that doesn't add up. Okay, well, all right, that's, hey guys, this Ford thing isn't really panning out, is it? There's no corroboration. Well, all the people that I say were there, just talk to them. All the people refute what she says. Let's move on to someone else. Uh, okay, uh, Julie Swetnick. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah, Brett Kavanaugh, he was, uh, he was a gang rapist, a criminal mob boss in whenever it doesn't matter. You don't, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares whether I'm true or not. We just want to torpedo Kavanaugh. Okay. So then it turns out Julie Swetnick was actually in college during the high school parties. Actually, she's a known liar. She's got a huge uh, history of filing false harassment, sexual harassment, physical harassment claims. Okay, that one's not going to work. Well, we need another FBI investigation. Okay, we got another FBI investigation. They conclude nothing. Okay, okay. Here, here we are. That's the, if you want to skip out on two weeks of the news, that's what happened. So uh, now we are where we are, and uh, this is what it's come to. And now all we have left is the left's evidence-free sanctimony. Uh, you know, we treat women what we believe women. We believe all liars. Hashtag believe all liars. Uh, and the right doesn't believe women. And then Cocaine Lindsay comes back, you know, for the sucker punch right behind. He goes, right, here's a jab. He goes back with the hook. Uh, when he is speaking at, at uh, the Atlantic Festival, uh, here's what he says. Here's how it was misinterpreted, and here's why it's a great jab against the left. So it was a personal degrading attack on yeah. someone who's well, a you know, private citizen. You know, here's what's personally degrading. Uh, this is what you get when you go through a trailer park with a $100 bill. Uh, you See, this is not the first time this has happened. That's actually a reference to something somebody said. And James Carville. So the guy who's interviewing Lindsay, he knows what he's doing, but the audience doesn't because the audience are just regular run-of-the-mill leftists who read The Atlantic. So what Lindsey Graham here says, because they're saying it's so degrading what Trump and the Republicans have done to these poor women. And Lindsey Graham says, you know what's degrading? Drag a $100 bill through a trailer park and see what you get. <gasps> the gasps. How, well, that's a really awful thing to say. The implication being that if you coax these these on day class A women with some money, they'll make up allegations. How dare Lindsey Graham say this? The left went crazy. They start running articles about this. They start tweeting about this. But then they realize that's not a Lindsey Graham quote. That is a James Carville quote when he was a top advisor to Bill Clinton. And that was how he responded to Paula Jones's accusations that Bill Clinton sexually harassed her and whipped it out. Uh, and uh, to, about all of the other women who came out and accused Bill Clinton of sexual harassment and assault and rape. Said, drag a $100 bill through a trailer park, see what you get. So now all of a sudden you could see, I was watching it in real time on Twitter yesterday. Everything starts to change. And the big shift, someone said, 
Lindsey Graham, this is, he's actually saying just what James Carville said. Oh, uh, oh, whoops. Oh, never mind. Whoops. Because the sanctimony is absurd. When Democrats have the opportunity to smear women who have a lot more credibility, by the way, a lot more credibility than Christine Ford and Julie Swetnick or whatever they're talking about now. Whenever they have the opportunity to smear them, they do it. Hillary Clinton was put in charge of bimbo eruptions. Their words, not mine. Uh, they, they take that opportunity. Republicans don't do that. We don't behave like that. And by the way, uh, when Republicans have the opportunity to falsely accuse people of gang rape, criminal rings or whatever, we don't do it. We never said Merrick Garland was some like leather daddy criminal or something. We just said we're not, we're not going to vote for him because they don't have the votes and we're not going to confirm him. We're going to wait till the election. But they do that. They don't, the Democrats do not take sexual assault very seriously at all. They don't take women very seriously at all either. Now, Lindsey Graham is being accused of what aboutism here? What aboutism is perhaps my least favorite phrase in politics. It's such a stupid word. What aboutism? It's look, there is a legitimate what aboutism. It's it's a description of the two quoque fallacy, which is when you try to distract from somebody's point by bringing up some some point about them. That's a, I, I'm not saying that there is no legitimate what aboutism argument or what a, or a two quoque fallacy, but it's so abused. What aboutism is what aboutism? What a, when you the word what aboutism is the what aboutism fallacy? It's especially in politics, especially in journalism. I'll get to why in a second. Before we do that, let's talk about keeps. Ooh, let's talk about keeps. Keeps is very important. It's designed for guys who want to stop hair loss with their scientific and affordable approach managed entirely on keeps.com. Keeps is the easiest way to stop hair loss before it's too late. I'm going to be very honest. I don't think this is self-effacing or in any way. I'm not an Adonis of a man. I'm not a gigantic guy. I don't exercise all the time, you know, I, but I do have this poofy head of hair, which helps me pick up the ladies and keep sweet little Elisa uh, sticking by me and not running away, leaving an Elisa-shaped hole in the wall. So <laughs> it really works. Uh, Keeps offers the only two FDA-approved hair loss products, clinically proven to keep the hair you have. No BS, just science. It's completely safe. These are generic versions of medications that been around for a while. They're cheaper and easier. Hair loss can start 25, 30, 35. You can stop it, but you got to stop it now for a dollar a day or less. Sign up takes five minutes. Answer a few questions. Snap some photos. 10 to 35 bucks a month, less than a dollar a day in most cases. Go to receive your first month of treatment for free. Keeps.com slash Covfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E-K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Covfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E, free month of treatment. Don't say I never did nothing for you. Keeps.com slash Covfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E, keeps hair today, hair tomorrow. The whataboutism thing is really tired because in, so when you bring up whataboutism, Here's what happened. Someone said that, that uh, Republicans are being degrading to women and, and this is awful and Democrats are way better. And that's why you should vote for Democrats. So Lindsey Graham says, Democrats are awful to women. And then the left says, well, that's whataboutism. That's not whataboutism. I'm pointing out your hypocrisy. And in politics and journalism, the, the most important tool you have is setting the discussion, setting the agenda, deciding what is going to be talked about. So it, it, uh, 
if the Democrats are just setting the agenda and you're not allowed to call out their own hypocrisy, then you have no uh, tools at your disposal. You lose one of the, the best tools that you have at your disposal, which is why I totally erase these whataboutism claims. What about whataboutism? What about whataboutism? Because the, the minute you bring up what, you know, they, they bring up the Republicans are bad with women. Then the Republicans bring up that the Democrats are bad with women. And then the Democrats say, well, whataboutism? What about whataboutism? Well, what about whataboutism? What about whataboutism? What about whataboutism? What about? Let's focus on the issue at hand. Democrats are being sanctimonious hypocrites right now. They have no credibility on this issue whatsoever. We don't, we don't owe them a single answer. So uh, that is, uh, that's Cocaine Lindsay for you. Let's go down to Cocaine Mitch. Cocaine Mitch sums it all up. He says, we are not scared. Beautiful display from Senator Scarface. The far left tried to bully and intimidate members of this body. I'm not suggesting we're the victims here, Mr. President. But I want to make it clear to these people who are chasing my members around the hall here or harassing them at the airports or going to their homes, we'll not be intimidated by these people. There is no chance in the world they're going to scare us out of doing our duty. I don't care how many members they chase, how many people they harass here in the halls, I want to make one thing perfectly clear. We will not be intimidated by these people. You tell them, Mitch. You tell them, Cocaine Mitch. That's absolutely right, and that's all it takes. All it takes is conservatives standing up to the left and saying, you're not going to push us around. Because the left is like the opposite of sand people of sand people in Star Wars. You know, the sand people in Star Wars, they march in single file line to hide their numbers. What the left does is they get like three people to just jump around everywhere they can to make it seem like they have a zillion people. They have George Soros at the top, but many other Democrat and left-wing operatives create all these little fake accounts and fake organizations and fake protests, astroturf campaigns to make it seem like they have a lot of people. This has been going on since, by the way, the mid-20th century, since we, uh, the left controlled all of the news media. They made it seem like everybody had this consensus. Everybody was vaguely left-wing. Oh, don't, uh, never mind that uh, Walter Cronkite is a world federalist. Never mind that he's a strong left-wing activist. No, he's just the, he's the voice of the American people. He's the, oh, he says the Vietnam War's over. America must have lost faith in Vietnam. No, these guys are a minority. They've been doing this forever. The Bolsheviks say that they're the majority. They, they, they were the minority. They've been doing this. The left has been doing this forever, but they're not. And the minute that uh, in the, in the television news media that Fox News came out, Fox News became a huge smash hit. Why? Because there's a huge percentage of the population, if not the majority of the population, that was not being represented by these left-wing hacks. Same thing on new media. When the social media came out, all of a sudden, the right was totally emboldened. Why? Because that mainstream media, newspaper, network TV, Monopoly was cracked up for the first time we got to get our voices out there and people are listening. People tune in and it rallies them. This is exactly right. You know, sometimes we get asked, how does everybody come together again in America? People were never together in America. I mean, you know, we love each other because we're each other's countrymen. At least, at least the right feels that way. I don't know if the left feels that way anymore when they're going and attacking Republicans' children at their houses. But at least the right feels that way. But we didn't agree. We didn't agree. From the beginning of the country, we had opposing ideas about the country, Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, now the Republicans and the Democrats. The, the coming together again is, uh, you, you can do it two ways. You can do it with this fake political consensus, which is always put on by the left. 
Uh, or you can do it with the traditional values that undergird the country. So I'm talking about religious values and cultural values and watching the same TV shows and listening to the same movies. But when it comes to the politics of it all, the newspapers, the news media, the politicians, if we all come together, what that means is shutting up conservatives. We had a half century of that or more. We don't need any more of that whatsoever. Mitch says, I'm not scared. Why is he not scared? Look at the polls. A new poll out of uh, NPR, PBS NewsHour, Maris shows the Dem point, uh, Democrats had a 10-point enthusiasm advantage before this Kavanaugh nonsense. That has evaporated. It is now statistically nothing. Uh, in July, uh, 78% of Democrats and 68% of Republicans said that this election was very important. Now, the numbers increased slightly for Democrats to 82%, but it shot up 12 points for Republicans to 80%. It's totally reinvigorated them. How about women enthusiasm? Uh, for the Democrats, now after Kavanaugh, it, they, the Democrats thought that women were going to become much more enthusiastic about voting because of this Kavanaugh circus. They've actually declined. Democratic women are now two points less enthusiastic than they were before Kavanaugh. The GOP sh among women shot up 12 percentage points from 71% to 83%. Quinnipiac poll shows a seven point Republican gain in local congressional races. GOP enthusiasm is now at levels equal to 2010. That was the last gigantic wave for the GOP. Enthusiasm levels that high. Now I've got to temper that because Democrat enthusiasm levels are also very high. They've taken a hit, but they're also quite high right now. So I'm not predicting a 2010 election, but I am saying that cocaine Mitch has nothing to be afraid of. N Republicans and conservatives don't either. When you stand up, when you stand for something, when you stand for what's right, even if you think it's unpopular, I'm telling you, you will win. You'll win in the long term. A uh, strong majority of voters now uh, of both parties, ac across both parties, believe that Brett Kavanaugh should be confirmed to the Supreme Court. Flake looks good. Collins looks good. We talked about that earlier. Right now, Heidi Heitkamp, who is an embattled uh, Democrat senator, she is saying that she's going to vote no on this. This is not a surprise. This is not evidence of how other Democrats or swing votes are going to go. Uh, she's down 12 points in the polls, and Kavanaugh has really hit her. This whole Kavanaugh thing has really hit her in the polls. She's down 12 points. Things are not looking good for her. I think she's voting no because she's in for a penny, in for a pound. She, if she's going to go down, she's going to go down swinging and try to protect her, her uh, legitimacy in the Democrat Party. Uh, we've got to go really quick, but before we do that, I have to talk about this disgusting clip that was going around the internet. I know we got to get to Mailbag. I know we got to get to National Poetry Day. Too bad, because this clip is one of the, this sums it up. This sums up the male feminist perfectly. A, there was a pro-life rally and some left-wing he for she, I believe all women, male feminist decided to attack a pro-life woman. Here he is. What? You're they actually filming. have people filming you the whole time. Cool. Which is why I say kill with kindness. Guess what? Hey. Destruction somebody, of private property. It's against the law. somebody gets raped by somebody and they're like, I'm a 16 year old and I can't have this baby. Think you should keep it? It's a baby. Yeah. If someone was raped and she gave birth and she decided to kill her three-year-old child. I meant to kick your phone. Someone call the cops. Someone call the cops. Do not touch me. Someone call the cops. For those who couldn't see, this male feminist dressed in his little hoodie with his little, you know, signs and his backwards cap and his, his stupid facial hair, he's... He, he winds up and roundhouse kicks this girl. And I don't know where, he might have kicked her in the head because he, he kicked right in the screen, right in where the camera is. 
This, his name is Jordan Hunt, by the way, if you want to find him authorities. I guess he's still on the run or who knows. He's, I don't think he's been apprehended yet. Jordan Hunt, this was at a pro-life rally in Toronto. That name again, Jordan Hunt, J-O-R-D-A-N-H-U-N-T. Just in case you come across the guy. There's his picture. Uh, so this was a pro-life rally. And this guy, this wasn't a pro-abortion rally. This wasn't like the pro-lifers crashed a pro-abortion rally. That wouldn't excuse it either way. But uh, apparently it's a, a pro-abortion rally. This guy shows up, he's vandalizing people's signs because the left is afraid of free speech. And then he just starts harassing this woman. And look, obviously this guy is a, a creep, but, and it's very creepy when men are big abortion activists. Isn't that a little creepy? And then Lily, you think, well, what's your, what's your in interest in this here? Is that when I mean, you're trying to evade some responsibility? You want to, I don't know, what do you want to pressure women? It's a little creepy, but there is nothing creepier than the male feminist. Nothing creepier under the sun than the male feminist. Because what's so disgusting to us, even before he kicks her, is that this is, this is a girly man. This is what Arnold Schwarzenegger means by a girly man. When we see a man behave like a girl, it's really weird. We don't care when girls behave like girls. We don't care when men behave like men. Maybe the left does. But when a man behaves like a girl, it's disgusting. When he became like a little catty girl, the worst uh, woman-ish, not womanly, uh, like this little catty guy who thinks that he can beat up women because he, look, we know, civilized people know that men should never hit women. Men, men who hit women should be taken out back, put down like old yeller. We know that. Civilized people know that. But this guy doesn't know that because he thinks men and women are the same, right? They're all the same. I can behave like a, like a hysterical little girl. No, you can't. You shouldn't. It's much worse when you do that than when a girl does that, than when a woman does that. Because male feminists like this guy, girly men, lack all of the natural virtues of manliness. They don't have any of the virtues of being a woman, of womanliness, so they have no virtues. They have none. The natural virtues that they could have, they abandon. It's, uh, it's really disgusting. That name again, Jordan Hunt, if you happen to be in Canada and come across him. Okay, I got to say goodbye to Facebook and YouTube. We got a lot of mailbag to get to. And then we've got, the, uh, we've got a, a lovely little poem that I think will invigorate all of us, especially on this wonderful Thursday when we look at the Supreme Court and we look around our culture. This coming Monday, October 8th, Daily Wire will be launching for subscribers only the next chapter in Andrew Plavin's podcast series, Another Kingdom, performed by little old me, Michael Knowles. If you aren't caught up on the first season, it will be available Friday, October 5th on dailywire.com and on Daily Wire's YouTube channel. And starting on Monday, October 8th, we'll be releasing a new episode from season two of Another Kingdom every Monday, but it's only for subscribers to the Daily Wire. Are you not a subscriber? What are you doing? If you want to watch the second season, you will have to wait until Fridays of every week beginning next week for each new episode of the second season. And if you're not a subscriber, you'll only be able to watch a few minutes of each episode. Only subscribers get the entire episode on Mondays and it's all ad-free. This season is really cool. We've added this dramatic visual component to it. It enhances every aspect of Drew's incredible story and it's a really, really good story. Head on over to dailywire.com, click on the subscribe button at the top of the page and watch the first and second seasons of Another Kingdom. Head on over to dailywire.com and subscribe. Also, thanks for uh, following us on, on iTunes and subscribing on iTunes. I was getting a lot of tweets yesterday that people couldn't subscribe. 
I don't know. It's so weird. I can't imagine that Apple would ever, Apple, which in 2016, uh, 91% of their political donations went to Democrats. I can't imagine they'd be messing around with me or anything, but make sure you go over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. It really helps us out. If you could add some five-star reviews, that would be really helpful. And it would probably irritate Ben, which is an added bonus. Go to dailywire.com. You know what you get. You get all the shows and the mailbag and all that. You need this now. You need this now. The vote for cloture is set for Friday. The vote uh, to confirm Kavanaugh is is Saturday. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it on Sunday when you're... I don't care. The bubbles are going to stop, buddy. You got to get the leftist tears tumbler or don't come crying to me when you're falling down to Davy Jones' locker. Go to dailywire.com. We'll be right back with the mailbag and a little poetry. Let's fly through them. From Robert. Question. Golden Boy Knowles, I've always seen, I've always been against the two-party system. I would like to see either no parties or multiple parties. With just two, I feel that it's just a game of who has the bigger stick for now. What are your thoughts on this? Rob, I love the two-party system. It is the best party system that there is. I love it. I hear this all the time on the right and the left. I hate the two-party system. I think it's great. Which party system would you prefer? Would you prefer the one-party system? That's totalitarianism. Would you prefer a multiple party, a three party, four party system where little spoiler parties can uh, go in and totally subvert the will of the people such that the least preferable party comes into power? Would you prefer a zillion party system where demagogues are able to take hold and corruption inevitably takes hold? I don't think so. The two party system goes back to the earliest days of our country, goes, goes to before the country was technically even founded or the, before the government was founded, we had the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists arguing over what our government should look like. The Federalists, Hamilton, Madison, Jay, the Anti-Federalists led by Jefferson. Then later we had the Federalists and the Jeffersonian Republicans, the, the uh, Democratic Republicans. Then we had the Whig Party come in. Now, now we have the two-party system. I think it's very good. It's good as long as you have a choice and not an echo. If the two parties believe the same thing, then that's terrible. And we've gone through periods where that's the case. But I think right now the two parties are genuinely offering you a different choice. The Republican Party, after many hard-fought years of the conservative movement, is a home for conservative thought. And the Democratic Party is a home to anti-American leftism. They're being honest, at least. It's a, a choice, not an echo. And I'm a big fan of that. And I think you should pick your party and you should stick with the party so long as the party is sticking with you. From Jeffrey. Hey, Michael, I was wondering, do you believe you contribute to your salvation? It's an interesting question, Jeffrey. I think we should be more specific in our language here. I certainly don't think that I earned my salvation or that I deserve my salvation, but I do think that I can lose my salvation. I do think that there is a, it, that my salvation can be taken away <laughs> or that I can lose it depending on how I behave. And I've got a lot of scriptural evidence for this. Uh, the gospel, according to St. Matthew says, he who endures to the end will be saved. What if you don't endure to the end? What if you say, okay, now I'm saved and then you don't endure to the end? It seems that you won't be saved. How about this? See then the kindness and the severity of God, severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness, otherwise you too will be cut off. That's from Paul's letter to the Romans. You too will be cut off if you don't continue in his kindness. From Matthew, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, 
There seems to be something else that you have to do. We know that faith without works is dead. There seems to have to be a fruit of the Spirit. Not everyone who just says it gets into heaven. From uh, the first epistle of St. John, by this it may be seen who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not do right is not of God, nor he who does not love his brother. So if you don't do right, then you're not of God. This implies that you have to do something, that it's not all ethereal and abstract and happening in the mind, that there's something that you're doing with your body. Also from first, uh, first epistle of St. John, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Sure, his yoke is easy and his burden is light, but we must keep those commandments of God. What are those commandments? You'll have to look into that, won't you? We could have a whole long discussion about that. How about this? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, 2 Timothy, because he finished the race and he kept the faith. Also from St. Paul in the first letter to the Corinthians, or first uh, Corinthians, uh, I pummel my body and subdue it, lest lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. St. Paul certainly seems to think that he could lose his salvation, that some participation was required. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, with hopeful confidence in the promises of Christ. That's also from the letter to the Philippians. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I think some the reason that I bring all that scripture in is because I think sometimes my very well-meaning friends from various denominations uh, try to make false dichotomies between faith and works, or by not participating at all in your uh, in, in the process of your salvation or in losing your salvation, or of suggesting that we don't really have any free will. And this misreads all of uh, the teachings of the church from the very beginning. And it misreads scripture too. Freedom matters. And uh, if someone thinks that it's just so easy as to snap one's fingers and to be saved and never think about it again, I would recommend rereading St. Paul who says that we, he urges us all to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Also a good book by Soren Kierkegaard. Keep doing a couple more before we get to that poem. From Colleen, greetings to the Daily Wire's resident Catholic. I've been mulling over comments that you've made in the recent past about young men sowing their wild oats <laughs> and the indulgence you appeared to give them for living a reckless youth. I firmly believe in forgiveness and letting someone's past be the past. But wouldn't it be better for that past to not be there at all? Also, if I'm remembering this correctly, you seem to have a boys will be boys attitude toward porn in your Alex Jones trans porn segment a while back. If this is not your view toward porn, please set me straight. In a nutshell, shouldn't sin still be called sin and not be poo-pooed as a growing experience that makes me me? Or perhaps I don't understand since my adolescent rebellion amounted to getting a job to put myself through Catholic private school rather than be homeschooled. Throughout my youth, I had the boring sin of pride to contend with and not the more exciting sins of lust and intemperance. Well, you're missing out on something, let me tell you. <laughs> As someone who had a little bit more than pride in my, my reckless youth. Yeah, I'm not, nobody is saying that sin is a good thing. I, if I'm laughing at sin, I'm not praising sin. I'm not adoring sin. If I'm saying that, uh, you know, men are going to look at porn in a world where it's free and easily available and is beamed into our homes. Uh, I'm not saying that's a good thing or that we shouldn't not look at porn or that men, you know, I, I guess some women look at porn too, but I think it's mostly a male thing uh, or that we shouldn't, you know, take every opportunity to lead or to, to be led away from temptation and to prevent our, ourselves from near occasions of sin. 
But I am laughing at sin because I don't spend my whole life quaking in fear of sin. I don't, I don't really worry about it because uh, my, my Redeemer lives and has conquered death. And so I do what I can to avoid sin. And I recommend that everyone does it, not just when they're in their 20s or 30s or 40s, but also when they're kids and when they're teenagers. But I am pointing out that, uh, especially in teenage years, people are going to do stupid things. They're going to boof and they're going to have brewskis with PJ and Squee and they're going to do, and they, they might even, you know, make an awkward pass at a girl and they're going to do those things. And uh, uh, I look no further for evidence of this than St. Augustine, father of the church, who famously said, Lord, make me chaste, but not yet. This isn't to say that sinning is a good thing, that we should encourage sin at all, but the good Lord can turn sin and conquer it. And, tr- and turn it for good. He, he can do that. He can turn you away from sin and, and uh, for good, and you can participate in that as well with your free will. You know, the original sin, the fall of man, that, that pride that caused man to fall out of the garden, we call it the felix culpa, the happy fall, because God redeems mankind because of the incarnation and because of the resurrection. So I just don't spend my life fretting over it as much as uh, uh, perhaps some people do. It's a bad thing. I don't, I don't uh, revel in the bad things that I've done in my life and that I'll continue to do and that I'll probably do tomorrow too. I don't revel in them at all. I don't think they're good at all. I think they're really bad. I look on them with shame. But one must look at the, uh, the realities of how people behaved yesterday and today and how young boys and young girls are going to behave tomorrow and for all of eternity because we're in a fallen world. But fortunately, Christ has conquered sin. And, uh, you know, some people are going to ask the Lord to make them chaste sooner rather than later, just like St. Augustine. One more, then we'll get to the poem from Jason. Dear Michael, I tremendously enjoy your show, but I'm ashamed of you. Cocaine Lindsay. Really? Cocaine Lindsay? The man's last name is Graham. G-R-A-M, Graham. You passed up the chance to call him Cocaine Graham for Cocaine Lindsay. <sighs> Jason. I feel you, Jason. I totally feel you. I, I get it. But I, I, one thing I've learned from the Trump era in politics is that subtlety doesn't always play. I know the cocaine gram is better, like a gram of cocaine, you know. But if I said cocaine gram or Lindsey Graham, as though it were an M, you, people wouldn't get it. They wouldn't make that connection right away. It's kind of like Focahontas. Focahontas is the funnier name for Elizabeth Warren. F-A-U-X-Cahontas. Focahontas. But Donald Trump calls her Pocahontas. And Pocahontas stuck. Why? Because Focahontas, first of all, you have to know the word foe. Then you have to see how it's being spelled in that context. Then you have to realize you're actually talking about two words. It just doesn't work. The left tried to do this actually also with foe, with foe news for Fox News, and it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Sometimes you got to bludgeon people on the head, especially in politics, especially when the politics are as murky as this. So I got to stick with cocaine Lindsay for now, but I agree. Cocaine Graham is funnier. Lindsey Graham is funnier. I'll be able to think about that while I'm just, just celebrating and, and, and uh, you know, doing my little Scarface dance for, uh, for Lindsey Graham 2.0. Before we leave, it's National Poetry Day. I love poetry. I love reading poetry. People don't really read poetry anymore. I don't even know if it's really taught in school or if you have to memorize it in school. But I, I was thinking, what poem should we read for National Poetry Day? What speaks to our current culture? And uh, there's a great one by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow called A Psalm of Life, which uh, speaks to 
this moment that we're in, this scientism. You know, uh, Longfellow was writing this poem against the scientism of his age, and we've got a much worse scientism. The idea that everything is material, nothing really matters, there's no moral order, there's no purpose to life, life is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. And that just isn't true. And even on the other side, people who say, oh, even if you're really religious and you realize that the soul exists, you say, oh, freedom doesn't matter, it doesn't, who cares what we do? And this poem says, not quite. It's a great poem to to read and memorize and think about for our age. A Psalm of Life by Longfellow. What the heart of the young man said to the psalmist, tell me not in mournful numbers, life is but an empty dream, for the soul is dead that slumbers, and things are not what they seem. Life is real, life is earnest, and the grave is not its goal. Dust thou art, to dust returnest, was not spoken of the soul. Not enjoyment and not sorrow is our destined end or way, but to act, that each tomorrow find us farther than today. Art is long and time is fleeting, and our hearts, though stout and brave, still like muffled drums are beating, funeral marches to the grave. In the world's broad field of battle, in the bivouac of life, be not like dumb driven cattle, be a hero in the strife. Trust no future, howe'er pleasant, let the dead past bury its dead. Act, act in the living present, heart within and God o'erhead. Lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime, and departing leave behind us footprints on the sands of time, footprints that perhaps another sailing o'er life's solemn main, a forlorn and shipwrecked brother, seeing shall take heart again. Let us then be up and doing with a heart for any fate, still achieving, still pursuing, learn to labor and to wait. And now you will have to wait until Monday when we come back. Although you'll get to see the second season of Another Kingdom coming out tomorrow. Be sure to go to dailywire.com for that. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you Monday. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Senia Villarreal. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer, Mathis Glover. And our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Jim Nickel. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire Forward Publishing production. Copyright Forward Publishing 2018.